Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one. Uh, astounding, exceedingly beautiful of 20 years wife right here. Minister Kimmy, would you stand for a moment? We had no idea uh, in 1998 when I proposed uh, the amazing adventure we would get to go on together. What a thrill ride. And then God gave us five amazing, precious treasures who serve their brains out at this place. And I'm just so thrilled to have kids. I think it's the greatest thing that God ever gave us, aside from the, the, the covenant of marriage, is the privilege to be a parent and to have kids and to work hand-in-hand hand with the, the good father <laughs> in trying to be a dad <laughs> with my own. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I know you don't have it all figured out. I know you're believing God for answers even today, and <laughs> me too. Thank God he's personal and he helps us. Praise the Lord. So I hope to put a a few pieces together of a narrative. And I'm a a pretty meticulous, regimented person. It may not seem like that, but I really am. And that's why I have this wonderful cacophony of a family that blows up all of my uh, mannerisms and the way I feel so comfortable operating. I like outlines and I like systematic, and I like compartmentalization. That's just the way I flow. And that's one of the reasons God's allowed me to do so many big events. There is no way we would preach to 10,000 people at once without having somebody that could think like that and love to think like that. However, here lately, the Lord God, my great God, has decided to blow up the way that I like to function and operate. And doesn't, I like the 15-year the plan. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I like the 5-year, the 10-year, the 15-year plan. Awesome. Give me the atlas and I'll find it. Here lately, God has not allowed me to have the 15-second plan. And I just want to thank Him for it. Give God glory. So those of you that are married, you understand a phenomenon that you didn't understand before you got married. And if you're on your way to being married, or you're praying about toward that one day and you're believing God to direct you, He will. Praise the Lord. Uh, You understand there's a phenomenon that takes place once you say, I do, something happens you didn't expect. I have done premarital counseling with so many young, starstruck, love-struck couples, and they can't hear anything you're saying to them. Do you have any problems? Do you know anything? Was anybody else here like that? I was, right? 
So uh, one, the, the phenomena I'm referring to is that men and women communicate so very different. Right? Even some of this, the words are spelled the same, but they don't mean the same thing. Right? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? My wife and I have been married 20 years, and we've had friendly and unfriendly conversations that hinged on the fact that I have no idea what she's saying to me. And she has no idea what I'm saying to her. We are proponents of love and respect, the material from Townsend. Anybody know what I'm talking about? In that material, he clarifies that phenomenon and says that, you know, women here with pink, anybody know what I'm talking about? Here with pink headphones, and they talk with a pink microphone. If you've never read that book, please, for the love of all that's holy, please read that book. Men, on the other hand, hear with blue headphones and speak with a blue microphone. I didn't have a clue what that meant till I got married. And then I totally understood, I'm not just blue, I'm deep blue. And she, ha she can't speak. She has a pink microphone. She can't speak blue as much as I want her to. I, you know, you, you think maybe if you say it louder then the blue will be interpreted blue. Pastor Vince is in agreement. How many of you understand? You can say it louder. It doesn't turn into blue or pink, either one. In my house, one of, you know, I'm just going to just give you an example here. When I can't find something, I'm quite certain my wife is convinced I can't find anything. But when I ask her, hey, have you seen the, let's just say keys. I'm just going to make this up. Keys. Oh, they're in my purse. Has anyone ever been told it's in my purse? Pest events. So I go to said purse. <laughs> See, I know the Lord is is messing up the way I'm I'm made. And I know he's doing something amazing that I can't quite interpret. Every, I'm just telling you, I'm just going to be honest, okay? Just relax a little bit. I know you came for a relig religious observation, but just, you know, sit back, be patient. The Word of the Lord is going, to, is going to affect all of us. This is a powerful word, even though it's really simple. <clears throat> I can't tell you how many times I've done water baptism, and I've had some real exciting water baptisms before. But it never fails that I'm supposed to bring a change of clothes, and I always leave something out. I mean, it's been like 10 times in a row. Sometimes I forget my socks. You don't know because I'm standing up here in front. I'm just like, thank God, nobody knows I left my socks. I've forgotten my shoes before, and I've actually walked in here barefoot before. You just didn't see it. Belts, socks, deodorant, other items that are 
needed for complete dressing, have been left at home before. Pastor Daniel will be back next Sunday and clean up everything that that I'm doing. And you know they, they put me in the back, and now you're finding out why. I'm always down there, right, way back there. Just kidding. Well, today I forgot my undershirt. Okay, you, you don't understand. That's totally God. I can't function without two shirts on. I have to have the white undershirt. I can't even think straight. Let me take it a step farther. I forgot my lotion. You see these pants right here? They create horrible static. And they just <laughs> to my legs because they rub on the hair on my legs. Some of you are getting touched by the Holy Ghost right now. I know you are. Hey, I love this place. We're family. If you didn't, weren't in, you know, feel like a part of a family, you will after I tell you this. So I generally, when I wear these particular pants, I have to put lotion on my legs. I'm not a lotion person. I feel really girly putting on lotion. If you wear lotion, men, it's okay. But for me, I feel awkward. So I'm in there scrambling to get ready because I'm, you know, going to facilitate our time of worship together. And I got to get back in here so Toby's not like, where is he? Hurry up. Come on, sing it again and again. <clears throat> and I'm, I'm digging through my bag. I've changed clothes. <clears throat> and I can't find my lotion. I don't have my undershirt. I can't find my lotion. Surely somebody in this office has got lotion. Minister Tammy, I just want to thank you right now, wherever you are, for having lotion on your desk. The problem is it was coconut splash lotion. So if you walk by me and you're like, ooh, it's because I'm wearing Minister Tammy. You smell that? You thought I was praising God. I was trying to get the smell away from me. I smell like a bottle of copper tone. Oh. What was I even saying? The problem is I can smell myself. So there's this difference in communication. How many of you know, especially those of you that have been married, there's a need to be able to interpret what the other person is saying. And that if you don't interpret it correctly, it can cause all kinds of problems. Especially if you start making decisions based on a misinterpretation. And every married couple here, you, have, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Some of you just got an elbow in the side of your ribs right there, and you're going to go need to get that wrapped up after, after service. You're smiling about it, but you know exactly what I'm talking about. Being able to correctly interpret. I want to look at a few scriptures here and piece together a story in the Old Testament with, that we just read one verse out of that has so impacted me in the realm of being able to, to, to interpret what God is doing, and that if, you, if we, even in our limited understanding, don't interpret what he's doing, how it can cause generations 
of decisions to be made based on a misinterpretation of what God was doing, particularly with how we say what God is doing. So would you take a look at this very interesting pieces? Now, we're going to look at a, a passage of Scripture in Exodus, and then we're going to jump over to the book of Numbers, and then we're going to look at an, another verse in Deuteronomy, okay? So let's have those. I'm going to have... Um, Shavon, thank you so much. We're going to read uh, Exodus 16. So if you want to follow along with me, uh, and, and <laughs> if you're going to write down, if you're like a note kind of person, taker person, you want to write this down for the title of whatever it is I'm about to present. I'm calling it, They Called It Manna. And so have we uh, our whole life. And let's take a look at why that's so important for us to take home today and think about what God is doing. Exodus 16. says, The whole Israelite community set out from Elam and came to the desert of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month, after they had come out of Egypt. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread. What? Bread. What? Bread. From heaven for you, the people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them, okay, and see whether they will follow my instructions. Verse 5, on the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in and that it is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. Jump down to verse 13. That evening quail came and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, what is it? For they did not know what it was. Now would you take a look? We're going to read again verse 31. The people of Israel called the bread manna. It was like, it was white like coriander seed. It tasted like wafers made with honey. We read that earlier. Now, would you take and go to Numbers, the book, uh, the book of Numbers, chapter eleven? We're going to pick up on verse four. Numbers eleven four says, "The rabble with them." began to crave other food. And again the Israelites started wailing and said, If only we had meat to eat. We remember the fish. We ate in Egypt at no cost. Also the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic. But now we have lost our appetite. We never see anything but this manna. 
Verse 7, the manna was like coriander seed and looked like resin. The people went around gathering it and then ground it in a hand mill or crushed it in a mortar. They cooked it in a pot or made it into cakes, and it tasted like something made with olive oil. When the dew settled on the camp at night, the manna also came down. Now, would you jump to the next book, Deuteronomy? We're going to look at chapter 8. All of these referencing the same miracle, amazing miracle that God was doing. Verse 1, be careful to follow every command I'm giving you today so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land that the Lord promised on oath to your forefathers. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the desert these 40 years to humble you, to test you, in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your fathers had known. To teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord, your clothes did not wear out, and your feet did not swell during these 40 years. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. Jump to verse 16, which I don't think you have, Shivan, but we got it in front of us. We got our word. He gave you manna to eat in the desert, something your fathers had never known, to humble and to test you so that in the end it might go well with you. Hey, let's pray. I don't remember if we prayed or not, but I need to pray again. Father, would you help me? You want to speak so powerfully this simple word regarding manna. Lord, you can do something amazing right now. Give us ears to hear. Give us a heart to receive. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm not preaching a message about manna, even though that was the subject of what we read. I am declaring to you a word about how the Israelites responded to the manna and how we can so easily respond exactly the same that maybe that's not how we want to respond. See, here they were, they were le- they'd left Egypt. Let's rewind just a, f- a few mo- uh, you know, time in the past where Moses was and the Israelites. They were slaves in Egypt. You, you know the story. God raises up Moses. He sends plagues. And uh, he delivers them from the land of bondage, from Egypt. They leave Egypt following Moses. They plundered Egypt on the way out. And then they get to the Red Sea. And the last time I preached was a few weeks ago, because I've been gone for a few weeks. I preached on what happened when they got to the Red Sea. It was, uh, I think, a powerful word about the wisdom of our God and how we can live in light of the wisdom of our God. You can go back on YouTube and watch it if you want to. Well, this is a follow-up to that, because throughout the story of the Israelites in the desert, Going toward the promised land, we see God doing something over and over again. Now, 
What it is he does changes, but his intent doesn't change. It's the fact that he's trying to reveal himself to the Israelites in an ever-increasing manner because they have no idea who he is. They don't know anything about him. They've been in Egypt for hundreds of years. Joseph led them there. You know the story of Joseph and then all that happened. And he brought all of Israel there to save them in a time of famine. And then they were there for 400 years. And in those 400 years, they grew in, instead of being the, the free and, and uh, children of God, the people of Israel, they grew into slaves of Egypt. Slaves in their thinking, slaves in their understanding, slaves in their expectations, slaves in their hopes and, and dreams of future, what it would be. They didn't know the God of Israel. Maybe they knew his name. Maybe they knew some stories. But as they got into the de desert, it was God's great intention to reveal himself to them. Over and over again throughout the story of Moses leading them, you see God revealing different pictures of who he is to them. God is still doing the same thing today. God, who we can't even begin to understand or fathom, wants you and I to know greater and greater and greater pictures and understanding of who he is. He wants to give us deeper understanding. He wants to demonstrate to you and I, just like he did to the children of Israel, because we are on our way to the promised land. He wants, to, he wants us to know him in a deeper, more intimate way, ever unfolding, piece by piece along the journey. Him unveiling more and more about who he is how good he is, how great he is, how wise he is, and how much we can trust him, and how much we can lay our life at his feet and say, I'm tired of trying to be God. Would you please do it? You're better than me. He longs for us to have that attitude of heart. You'll see what he said to the children of Israel and the reason why he chose manna. The interesting point here is he didn't call it manna. And I want to point out something here for our sakes in our growing and understanding who he is. I want you to look at the response of the Israelites. This is an unusual uh, word on one little thing that the Israelites did. But we're going to give God glory through it. So bear with me here. So we read all these pictures you get the picture that there was a group of people among the Israelites that in the book of Numbers, Moses, who wrote the, all of those books, referred to them as rabble. And they were complainers, and they pointed out everything that was going wrong, and they had lots of friction with Moses. And they were always pointing out, and they were always proclaiming, oh, if we'd have just gone, we should have just stayed there. Remember, they had the, the, the understanding and the logic of being slaves. Their logic was, we had free food in Egypt, right? They even said that. Why did we just stay there? Oh, the Lord should have just killed us there. We should have went back. 
There the food was free, and oh my goodness, pots of meat. I haven't eaten dinner yet. Pots of meat. And then you see, that was in Exodus. You see a, a different version of it in, in Numbers where they expressed all these different things that they missed. So they're going before Moses, and the Lord speaks to Moses and tells them, you can respond to the Israelites, I'm going to rain down bread. What did he say? Bread. Say it one more time. Bread. The bread of heaven. Now you can imagine, so Moses tells them, he gets before all of Israel, and he tells them, hey everybody, guess what? And he's like talking to two million people. Man, I bet his voice got tired. You can hear mine's getting tired already just from today. So he gets before them. Hey, everybody, tonight you will see that the Lord is your provider. He's going to rain down meat. Tomorrow morning you're going to see the glory of the Lord. He's going to rain down bread from heaven. Oh, my goodness, the Israelites who love to complain and can't see past today, okay, You have to understand, they don't really know the God they serve. Please get that in your mind. So what was it they were expecting? They were expecting food such as they used to have in Egypt. It's what they were thinking about. So when Moses said, food's showing up, what was in their mind? So you can imagine, now, when somebody reads the scripture, usually they read monotone. Okay, right? You know what I'm talking about? When you're the Lord your God brings you into the land. It's like that early morning prayer reading. No one's awake, but we're reading the word. When the Lord your God brings you into the land. Okay, so for the sake of the narrative, let's pretend like it's you and me. All right, so we're going to pretend we're in this story. And you're, we're a part of the children of Israel. And we're going to not add to the story, but let's make it real, okay? They really need some food. They're complaining. Moses says, it's coming. God's bringing us food. Oh, you can imagine going to your tent that night. Hey, kids, guess what? Food's showing up in the morning. What do they interpret food to be? Pots of meat and leeks and onions and garlics and woo. All kinds of things. They probably couldn't even sleep that night. Have you ever been so excited that you just lay in there? Oh, I can't wait. Right? I'm kind of like that on Saturday nights before Super Sunday. I love Sunday here, and it's hard for me to sleep sometimes on Saturday night. So you can imagine, they just can't wait. They may have been drooling. Oh, maybe they were telling stories. Remember that one time? Remember that one time? Oh, it's coming again. Ha! Moses said in the morning, hey, everybody, get your forks ready. Hey, everybody, wash the dishes. Get the dishes out. Food's going to show up tomorrow morning. All right, Moses said it's coming. All right, let's see what shows up. You can imagine they probably, you know, you're, you're, they're, they're talking it up. They're thinking about it. And then they walk out. Now, before I go on with the story, let's just real quick remind ourselves They love to complain. They love to point out. They've got this group around them that keeps pointing out everything that doesn't go right, and they're easily influenced by them. 
Whatever this rabble group begins to say, it gets spread throughout all of the Israelites, and they all take on the same frame of mind following this group, the rabble. So they get out in the morning. They hear the roosters going off. Huh? It's time. Come on, let's go. And they walk out, and they don't see pots of meat. They don't see watermelons raining down from heaven. They don't see onions laying all over the ground. What did they see? Something them and their ancestors had never seen before. They walked out and they did this. What is it? And thus came, comes the name manna. The interpretation for the word manna is what is it? What did God say it was? What did Moses say it was? What did they say it was? What is it? Please, this is so simple, it may shoot right over your heads if you try to make it complicated. There are times in our life where God's doing something we've never seen before, and He calls it good. He calls it wisdom. And we walk out and we say, what is going on here? And we label it something that it was never called. God never called it manna. Moses was telling them bread showing up. It didn't look like bread. They were going by their expectations of what was supposed to show up. And they were going by what they saw because it didn't look like their interpretation of what it should have been. And so they call it manna. Not the bread of heaven. And so I want to point out a few things about that because we do the same thing in our life. We misinterpret even what God has said about who we are. God says, you're more than a conqueror. And yet we say, God said, you're blessed, and yet we don't say that. We go by what we're expecting. And if we don't see exactly what we're expecting, we cry manna. Even though God's already declared, it's something else. You just aren't looking at it right. Now remember, God's intention was to reveal himself in an ever-increasing manner to the children of Israel. It was his intention to put something before them that they didn't know what it was. It was good. It was versatile. It was multi-generational blessing. What do I mean by multiple generational? It's been a long day. Multi-generational blessing. That manna showed up every morning for 40 years. 40 years. What was God presenting himself as? He was presenting himself as their daily bread. That's where we get that statement, God, give us this day our daily bread. He was also presenting to them the faithfulness of our God. 
the care of our God, that he cared about them. He was also presenting to them that he's partnering with them. Where do you get that from? They had to work the seed that was laying around on the ground. He didn't rain down breakfast burritos. He didn't rain down whole pizzas. They didn't wake up in the morning and they go out on their table and like Santa Claus, it's all there already. Now, it might seem too simple. Maybe it's because I preach to kids all the time. He didn't rain down a finished product. He rained down something they could make lots of things with. What were they expecting? Not that. And so then they label it something out of their own misunderstanding, which was really out of their disappointment. They called it something it really wasn't. It was the bread of heaven. It was the bread of angels. And they could make all kinds of things out of it, but they were so short-sighted. God was revealing to him their need for him every day, that he's the God they can come to every day. And he was arranging it that way so that they would have that revelation. I'm here every day. I'm coming every day. I will be new every morning. You'll see what I'm doing. You'll see my faithfulness. They had their minds set on their expectations. They couldn't see what he was saying to them. God amazingly provides it was multi-purposed response. How many of you have you've ever prayed for something and you're looking for something specific and something else shows up? <laughs> Me too. Me too. It's amazing how God in his wisdom hears our prayer and gives us something we don't quite understand what it is, but then we see it unfolding and we see how many dimensions that one response that he gave us begins to affect in our life. They called it manna. They called it, I don't have a clue what that is. You can imagine going back. It wasn't everybody at once. Okay, so it's not like two million people walked out of their tent and all together now, what is that? It didn't happen like that. That's not how it happened. Somebody started calling it, I have no idea what God is doing. What is that? It wasn't all too many people at once. Take a look again at Numbers chapter 11. Because we, I, want you, I, want to, I want you to see a tragic attitude and a tragic perception. Could you bring up that Numbers 11 one again? Uh, it's 11... Uh, where am I at? And then my time is almost up. And we're going to respond correctly. We're going to allow God to adjust our perception. And we're going to make declaration about what he is doing. All right, uh, it says, verse 4, The rabble with them began to crave other food. And again, the Israelites started wailing and said, If only we had meat, and here we go, fish. Okay, no cost. By the way, they're, they're being blindsided there. They say no cost. They don't understand it was costing them their whole life. 
They were in bondage. Also, the, all the garden things there. Verse 6, but now we have lost our appetite. We never see anything but this manna. What a tragic response that they give. Do you know what they're saying? Let's use the interpretation of it. What is it? We don't understand. All we see now is what we don't understand. What a tragedy for the people of Israel. The God of heaven is revealing himself to him. He's raining down the bread of angels. And they're so caught up on not understanding what it is, they're blind to the God who's giving it to them. They don't understand, and so that's what they keep saying. It becomes the identity of the very thing that God was raining down became identified by their misunderstanding, and they made decisions based on it. We can't be like that. Right now, God is revealing himself to you through circumstance, maybe even through some disappointments, and you have expectations, I have expectations, but have I stopped to consider that maybe God is showing me who he is in a way I never saw him before? And we make declarations uh, based on faulty thinking, misunderstanding of what God's doing. Today, I'm here to tell you some of the things you've been saying about God and who He is are a mislabeling of His amazing power that's at work in your life. Whatever the circumstance is, there is a revelation of who God is that is waiting for you and I to interpret the correct way because God wants us to see Him for who He is. We so often define God based on whether or not our expectations were met. And right here, you see that isn't happening. God wanted to show them, and they couldn't see. Now, here's something amazing. We go to the New Testament, and Jesus shows up on the scene. And he has a conversation in John chapter 6. And he brings the whole thing full circle. This is hundreds of years later. Hundreds of years have passed. Generations have passed. And in John chapter 6, I'm just going to give you the Pastor Kirsten version because my time is almost up. But Jesus stands before these folks who are asking him about himself. And he reveals to them that he's the bread of life. And he's talking about, in conversation, they ask him some questions. And they say, are you going to uh, do a miracle for us? Like, like when our forefathers ate manna? What did they call it? Manna. We're in the New Testament, and they called it manna. Still, Jesus corrects them, redefines for them what it was all along that they were looking at wrong, misinterpreting. And he says, I am the bread of life. Would you take a look at that? Let's just look at it. John chapter 6. In it, now remember, I'm not preaching about manna. manna. I'm preaching about the amazing God who was revealing himself. And even through interpreting it wrong and generations being affected by it, Jesus comes back to it 
interprets correctly, and gives them true eyesight and allows them to see just how amazing God really is. I know this is an unusual word from that one verse there, but God is so stirring this in me. John chapter 6. Do you have that, Siobhan? Let's go ahead and put it up. And then we're going to take time to, to pray. It's uh, verse, let's just look at verse 30. So they asked him, what miraculous sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our forefathers ate the manna in the desert. As it's written, he gave them bread, and they're quoting from the word, from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven. Notice he didn't call it manna. But it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, oh my, look what happens here. From now on, give us this bread. Right there, Jesus brings a redefining of the amazing miracle that God was doing. And they move from saying manna, they say, would you give us some of this bread? There are things in our life that we need Jesus to come visit us by his spirit and say, let me redefine that for you and show you my glory in it. Your expectations were this. This is what I did. Let me show you how it was better than your expectations. Let me show you my wisdom. Let me show you my goodness. Let me show you my kindness to you. Even though you didn't understand, I love you. And you're going to see it in a different light. Look what else he says. Look, keep going right there. Then Jesus declared, I'm the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. He who believes in me will never be thirsty. He's showing in this that way back when, when Moses declared, I'm sending bread from heaven, and it showed up every day, it was a picture of me. It wasn't, what in the world is that? It was the bread of heaven, and I'm the bread of heaven. What an amazing narrative. You put these pieces together. And what I want to encourage you with today is that God is revealing himself to me and to you. He's revealing to us, he's revealing to us as a corporate body. Whatever challenges it is, don't call it the wrong thing. Make declaration that God is at work. He's revealing himself in a way you never saw him before. That he is good. That even if you don't see what it is you're looking for, you know that he's wise. And that he's the master planner. And that at some point down the line, it's all going to make sense. Because that's what he does. Would you stand with me today? And I want to pray together. There's many of you today, thank you, Toby, there's many of you today that you have, someone has declared manna even over your life. Who you are. Who you're going to be. That just really irritates me. I know what my God is capable of. 
Sorry. I just went and helped my mom for a couple weeks. Mom, if you're on, love you. I know my dad and my grandma are watching. They got to see Eliana get baptized. And others, you're watching. But I was in Oklahoma where I was born and raised for 18 years. And on my way to church, I decided that I was going to do one of those little history tours. You know what I'm talking about? History tours. Where you go to your old house. You go to your middle school. You go to the restaurant you used to eat at or whatever. And so I'm driving around to those by myself and I'm weeping at not only how many things that I just didn't see them the right way, but the fact that my God can take someone like me. I pulled up to the house that I was living in when I wanted to commit suicide and honestly believed the world would be a better place if I wasn't in it. Now that's a lie. If you're thinking that, it's a total lie from the pit of hell. Well, I couldn't tell the difference. I was lost. And yet somehow, God could see the true picture of what he wanted to do in my life. And I get to be here today because he saved me. And I looked at that house and I was like, man, God, you can do anything. I don't ever want to minimize and put inside boundaries the power of my God to change thinking, change hearts, change physical bodies, change futures, change finance. <laughs> he can do anything. So whatever it is you're facing, God is working in your life. What I want to do together today is I want to lift our hands together as Toby's playing, and I want you with me to declare over your life and circumstance, Lord, you're good, and you're working. Won't you say that with me? Lord, you're good. You are better than my understanding of good, and you're working in a way that I've never seen before. You're revealing yourself to me. Let the true picture of who you are come to me. Let me see your beauty. Let me see your wisdom. Let me see your understanding. Let me see your orchestrations. Let me see your master plan. I trust in you. I will trust in you. I'm not going to go by my eyesight and my understanding. I'm leaning on you in Jesus' name. Come on, would you give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Jesus wants to visit you and redefine some of the things that you may have mislabeled. Partner together with you. Today, maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you've never invited him to be your Lord and Savior. Today is your day. If you're watching online and you've never done that, or if you're here in the sanctuary and you've never done that, you've never invited to be 
Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, please don't let this day end without the promise of salvation. God made it clear that his free gift of eternal life is for every person. That if you believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross and was raised from the dead and confess with your mouth that he's your Lord, you will be saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell. It is a real place. And it wasn't created for you and I. It was created for the devil and his angels. But the Bible makes it clear that if Jesus isn't the Lord and Savior of your life, you will spend eternity in the same place they do. So today, with me, would you proclaim Jesus your Lord and Savior? How do I do that? I'm going to help you. We're going to pray a simple prayer because God hears simple prayers. We're going to believe in our heart. We're going to proclaim it. Would you bow your head with me today? And We're all going to make proclamation on this Sunday night while we still have time together that Jesus is our Lord and Savior. Pray this right out loud with me. Say, oh God, I desperately need you in my life. I believe in my heart that you died on the cross for me, that you rose again from the grave, that the promise of eternal life is for me. Would you come in my life? Would you be my Lord? Would you be my Savior? I surrender my life to you. And from this moment on, I will serve you with my whole heart. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. That's a simple prayer. Let me pray for you. Those of you that received Jesus for the first time, or maybe that was, you just want to make sure things are right between you and God. Let me pray for you. Would you lift your hands for just a moment? Father, I thank you, God, for what you're doing. I thank you that today is a day of new beginnings. And I thank you that right now, upon that prayer and proclamation of faith, that there were restarts that just happened, that were fresh beginnings just started. I thank you, Lord, that even tonight you're going to visit those that received you. They're going to hear your voice anew and afresh. You're going to visit them even in the watches of the night. There's going to be dreams and visions and revelation of the goodness of our God. Many for the first time will hear your voice, still small voice speaking to them. I thank you, God. And I give you glory and praise in Jesus' name. Our time is up together. I want to thank you for joining us throughout this Sunday. I hope you are encouraged by the word. And I hope you're encouraged that God is doing the amazing in your life. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.